This is the Halo Construction and Real Assets Podcast. In the words of the great David Lee Roth, we can all get a little crazy from the heat. So, today, with the heatwave in literal full blast furnace mode in the UK, we are going to discuss one of Halo's pet topics, overheating. We are all being told to sensibly consider what life will be like in 2050, unless we all throttle back on global consumption of fossil fuels and increasingly switch to renewables. At Halo, we consider that this is the right thing to do. But, whilst climate change scientists debate whether we have actually reached or gone beyond the so-called tipping point, those of us at a certain age of will know for sure that it doesn't rain like it used to. It doesn't snow like it used to. The summers are drier than they used to be, ignoring the freakish events of 1976, that is. And we spend a lot more energy trying to cool ourselves down than we ever used to. I mean, as a child, keeping cool meant opening the windows, closing the curtains, an occasional mad dash through the garden hose sprinkler. That was it. That was all you had. That was all your parents could afford. And, whilst that may remain the case for motorfirst less mortals, property developers that want to maintain long-term revenue projections need to look more at their development schemes and consider, are we doing enough to not only counter climate change today, but to future-proof your development assets for the future? We find it a little unbalanced that the number one question usually asked regarding environmental risks on long-term investment considerations is, is the development in a potential flood risk zone one in 2050? Now, it's a great question to ask of your investment teams and well done for doing so, but it shouldn't rule out investment if you're willing to also invest in ecologically sensitive improvement of flood defences. Your investment could also improve the lives of others for the long term. I think they call that socially responsible investment. Now, we work for some great people who understand this stuff better than we do, as we do not offer financial investment advice. Well, that little insert was fully sucking up to our professional indemnity insurers. Okay, back on track. Let's talk about overheating assessment. In the UK, the go-to assessment is that produced by SIBSI, the great people of the Chartered Institute of Building Services Engineers, and it's known as, impressively, TM59, or Technical Manual 59, or the Design Methodology for the Assessment of Overheating Risk in Homes 2017. It ain't a sexy title, but it does what it says on the tin. Indeed, the TM59 assessment methodology aims to address the complex way homes respond to external temperatures. It provides the construction industry with a standardised methodology to assess overheating risk and to adjust the design to lessen that risk. The TM59 assessment takes into account hours of occupancy, heat gains from equipment and lights in specific room types, and internal heat gains from residents. Why do we need to address overheating? Well, a home that overheats can have a significant impact on the health and safety of residents. Energy Test Code UK state, when temperatures exceed 35 degrees Celsius, it can result in stress, anxiety, sleep deprivation, and even early death, 
especially for vulnerable occupants such as young babies, the lesser mobile and the elderly. Indeed, a higher bedroom temperature of greater than 26 degrees can result in sleep deprivation. The Committee on Climate Change predicts that as the frequency of heat waves increases in the future, up to 7,000 people a year will die from overheating-related symptoms. Sobering stuff. So, what are the parameters for room failure under the TM59 assessment? Mechanically ventilated homes, failure means the internal temperature exceeds 26 degrees centigrade for more than 3% of the annual occupied hours. Communal corridors, failure means the internal temperature exceeds 28 degrees centigrade for more than 3% of total annual hours. And for naturally ventilated homes, there are two overheating criteria. Bedrooms, failure means the internal temperature exceeds 26 degrees centigrade for more than 1% of annual hours between the hours of 10pm to 7am. And for other rooms, failure means that during calendar months of May through to September, the number of hours during which delta T is greater than or equal to 1 degree K exceeds 3% of occupied hours. Well, that is a truly interesting thing to say in a very scientific and deeply impenetrable, not very easy to understand way. That's beautiful stuff. So does it take into account climate change? Uh, no. So let's try approved document O overheating, released in 2021 to great applause. So does that take into account climate change? Uh, no. So, to summarise all of the above, industry regulations and the best practice assessments for overheating risk in homes do not take into account climate change. Good. Great stuff, people. Not very sensible. But what does it mean? Well, it means that most of what passes today will not pass tomorrow and will certainly not pass assessment in 2050. So, should we not consider now how to prepare ourselves for the creeping pressure of climate change? Of course we should. We can increase purge ventilation, bring in more shading, and ensure we have enough physical space and potential electrical loading for increased mechanical ventilation plant as and when required. We should prepare ourselves now and plan better. Hope is not a great strategy and climate change isn't going to disappear if we ignore it. However, I'm not going to slam approved document O too much because it finally brings into focus through regulation O12A what some of us have been championing for a while now, that we should all take into account the safety of residents when combating overheating. That includes the risk of falling from height by encouraging residents to open their windows wide in high-rise developments to prevent their children overheating, whilst at the same time placing those same children at risk. So those windows should be restricted to a 100mm aperture as ROSPA, the Royal Society for the Prevention of Accidents, have been championing for many years and industries like purpose-built student accommodation have been working with for decades. 
So, stop scrimping on your designs to increase margin and let's build safer homes that take into account the real threat of climate change now, whilst making sensible and reasonable plans in preparation for the effects of climate change in the future. So there you have it. We trust you found this informative and remember, being compliant is the minimum standards of acceptability and we can all do better. Much, much better. This is your host, Peter Bowe, signing off for Halo Limited. Be safe. And let's make life simple, not complex.